Although edited for television, tonight's thriller contains scenes of suspense and violence which may be unsuitable for young viewers. Parental discretion is advised. Stick with the Japanese animation. Welcome to the Otaku Host Club Podcast. I am Amelia, and I'm always joined here with Jeff and Dan. Hello there. Hello. Dan. Dan, say hi. Dan, are you there? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Today we have an impromptu review of Netflix's newest anime movie acquisition. But before we get into it, let's take care of some business. You can find us on our website at otakuhostclub.com, where you'll find links to our socials like Instagram, Discord, and our Patreon, where you can monetarily support us for as little as $1 a month. But if you so choose, we have a Platinum Mad supporter tier, where you'll get free ad-free episodes, early access, and shouts out in the episode, like Francis and Johnny C, because I keep forgetting to shout them out, so I hope that uh, takes care of that. (laughs) While you're at it... Take our survey. Yeah. (laughs) While you're on our website, why don't you uh, click the link to take our 40 years of anime theme music survey that will help us gather data for our our next regularly scheduled episode, as well as for our panel at Acon this year, which Ooh. is in June, so so click click that link real quick because we we need your help. And yeah. uh, thanks so much for supporting us and uh, for participating in our survey in advance. Um, so let's get into Bubble, and don't worry if you haven't uh, seen it yet. Or- yeah, I wouldn't worry if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just gonna say we weren't gonna spoil it. We'll let you know when we're spoiling stuff, but <laughs> yeah, we'll give a. We'll give all our impressions at first and then we'll spoil some shit at the end because yeah. that's what we do best. Yes. <laughs> you you call it spoilers. I call it having a well-rounded and informed <laughs> conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Bubble uh, just came out. We've talked about it on our previous episode, which hasn't come out yet. So if you... Uh, get our normal episodes you'll hear us talk about it watch the trailer Mm -hmm. and then uh, you know hopefully by then you've already watched bubble and you can (laughs) listen to our review about it i Um, feel like we talked about bubble like real far when it first was announced as well so we've been yeah keeping our eye on this well because it's got an all-star cast behind the scenes it's got a lot of Mm -hmm. big names attached to it it does why they jeff um, as far as the uh, director, we have Tetsuro Araki, did Attack on Titan, uh, worked on Kabaneri, Death mm-hmm. Note. He, yeah, um, he did all the best Attack on Titan stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, that's our guy. And we got three screenwriters, um, which is important because Gen Urobuchi worked on this show. The Booch! And The Booch did not the uh, deliver on this. This is not his work. So don't get it, oh. don't get it twisted. Okay, don't get it twisted. Yeah, it's yeah. not Bucci's fault. This is not a... Uh, yeah, the Booch has a certain style of doing things, and Bubble is not an example of that. <laughs> no, no. There's there's two other writer, screenplay writers, uh, Renji Oki and Naoki Sato, 
and they don't have a huge uh, list of things that I could find to compare to that you would probably know. So I don't know. Like they're just like, let's just get two other people just in case, do some rewrites, and mm. you know maybe supervise again. Maybe maybe were Booch, maybe the Booch supervised and that was it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna mm. guess that the Booch was supervising. Hmm. Uh, we got uh, Sawano Hiroyuki on the music. Uh, really carrying this one, y'all. See, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I felt kind of the opposite, <laughs> and so far as I, I, the music, Sawano also has such a distinct style to me and a lot of his previous works or well, you know like attack on titan especially uh is is just amazing i think and bubble yeah. mm, it did not have you don't think the music was good it's not that it wasn't it wasn't bad but it didn't have any big anthemic epic hits the way that Sawano does at times and it didn't yeah it just didn't it didn't stand out to me in the way that like you know some of the attack on titan stuff like the music stands out to me really hard in some of these in some of the scenes um mm-hmm. and uh, that is the case for other Sawano works as well I'm, I'm kind of blanking on on other great examples but you know when I think of like what are what are the great Sawano moments it's like uh, having these like big rock songs that hit at the emotional climaxes, like when Aaron plugs the wall and it's got that big chorus with big guitar <laughs> or Promare. Um, okay. Promare starts. Text. Yeah, Promare starts and you got that big drum sound and big. I would argue melody. that this movie isn't isn't worthy of having that big moment. I know. Because, like, I know. I agree. So I don't think it's the music. I don't think the music. I, I don't think the music suffers in this. No, like, I don't, think, it's I don't bad. think so either. I think it carries the movie because if if they didn't have the music, the way, if if this music was different, this movie would absolutely yeah. not hit what like at it all. It just didn't uh, because. Well, I'm, I'm looking to Sawano for these big things, and Bubble didn't have any big big things. Yeah, Bubble's small, he, you know. He he previously worked on eighty six, which was probably his most recent TV series besides mm. Attack on Titan. But I think he did great in Gundam Hathaway. I think that was one of my favorite soundtracks. Next mm. next to some of the Attack on Titan stuff. Um, but uh, there's also character designs by Obata Takeshi, Death Note Bakuman. He's the he's the artist mm-hmm. and creator of Hikaru no Go. Um, so like three huge uh, manga series and anime adaptions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, art director uh, Yoshihara Shunichiro, uh, which is I, I made this joke that one of the teams, one of the parkour teams, looked like they were out of Yoamushi Pedal, and he was the <laughs> art director in Yoamushi Pedal. <laughs> All right, there we go. Uh, All right, <laughs> makes All sense. All right, we're making the connections. We smarties over here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, even uh, Soccer Wars, um, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, mm-hmm. even. So, yeah, lots of big names in this one. Music's mm-hmm. huge. There's a song uh, with Eve in it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, on paper, you go, yeah, this is going to be fantastic. This is going to be fucking phenomenal. That's what I was expecting. Even, like, I've heard people... Um, 
not really take to Eve very well. And I really love Eve, but like, didn't I, I thought the OP for this, like one, why is there an OP and ED for the movie? Number one, number two, like, I didn't think it fit. It didn't fit the vibe. The ED fit the vibe. Yeah. OP, not fitting the vibe. Like, I don't know where it came from. So the movie, let's just get it out of the way. Bubble, Bubble, I'm gonna, I took this from CBR. Um, just okay, put it out cool. there. Bubble begins with the city of Tokyo being destroyed by a mysterious rain of gravity-altering bubbles. After the city is abandoned by the rest of its world, of it, the world, it becomes a battlefield for a number of gangs who youthful combatants use parkour and the area's now altered physics to perform death-defying stunts. The movie tells the story of Hibiki, a particularly reckless young man whose life is saved by Uta, a girl with strange powers that are somehow connected to the bubbles. The pair are brought together by a mysterious sound that no one else can hear. The sound of love. Just kidding, that wasn't part of it. But uh, you'd imagine... <laughs> well mm-hmm. <laughs> so, basics of the story. This is the Little Mermaid, but with bubbles. <laughs> and parkour. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. the parkour I thought was the highlight of the movie. Absolutely. I, when it, when the movie is parkouring, it is at its best. Yeah, and I, I really got the 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 guy from yeah having the guy from Attack on Titan direct this was the right decision for the parkouring because you had yeah the same way that uh, you had so much kinetic energy and such a, a rush of excitement and a rush of freedom when you watched everybody using their ODM gear in Attack on Titan. They were hitting those same vibes in the parkour of Bubble. You mm-hmm. know, to watch everybody run and jump and bounce off of stuff and their bodies are moving every which way. And, you know, the camera angles, everything's so dynamic, everything's so exciting. You know, there's so much forward momentum going on. And it, it, yeah, that that part was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. There was so. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. No, I, I I just wanted to pitch the bigger question: Is the world built around the parkour, or is the parkour built around the world around these characters? <laughs> oh, I think someone said, "Ooh, parkour! That's a that's a new take on on anime. Let's make a world where they can jump around." Yeah, there's there's a lot of parts about this movie that didn't always make sense to me, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, I I have to imagine that the, when they were conceptualizing this. The yeah the they they started with parkour and then filled in characters doing parkour rather than oh we should totally make a movie about a guy with like audio you know whatever his his medical condition is and like he oh yeah he's also a parkour master you know <laughs> I was like yeah they just wanted like the the end goal was to make these dynamic action shots and they did a good job mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called Auditory Century Overlord. Overlord. Okay. Overlord. It's the Overlord of yeah. Sound. It's the o- <laughs> <laughs> when you're enslaved by sound. Yeah, Audio Sensory uh, Overload Syndrome, which I, yeah, I'm not familiar with in real life, but I'm sure this is a real thing sure. that people suffer from, and, and I'm sure it sucks and whatnot. So, 
<laughs> Did it work? <laughs> I was really no. hoping it would. It looks pretty. It looks so pretty. Like there are colors where color shouldn't be, you know, it like does, I, and the yeah. parkour was like very beautifully animated. Like you really feel like you are inside of these settings and jumping around with the characters, like the way the camera angles move, but mm-hmm. the constant reference to the little mermaid and the lack of actual storytelling about this world didn't like it didn't work for me <laughs> yeah i i'd also this did not resonate with me very much i didn't find it particularly uh um interesting i i to me i felt i agree though it looked great and mm-hmm. i could really feel the strong parallel with vivi as i was watching this because mm-hmm. because some of the the art style and some of the artistic choices and framing choices of vivi were done in bubble as well you know i, I was yeah. when i was watching bubble i was like yes i i recognize this is the the same nuts and bolts mechanics of studio wit that made vivi you know because it's like mm-hmm. the same choices in in like how they present color and how they you know, like uh, focus on the the beauty of of these individual characters and make these like very like glossy lipped, you know, smooth contoured faces, just like beautiful close ups. You know. So can I argue that wit beautifully animates <laughs> falls short on story? <laughs> well, so did Vivi. So did yeah, Vivi. Same kind too. of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And but I, I'm okay. Wait, we I'm, got you. You got it down on the animation. Pretty colors, beautiful people, glossy eyeballs. But like maybe, yeah. maybe. <laughs> but I, I figure think something else out in the story to But I, you know, I'm I'm hesitant to throw Studio Wit under the bus. And so far as they, you know, they also did Attack on Titan and Vinland Saga, which are so heavy on story and so great on story and have a different, you know, they, well, that was manga adaptation. They had stuff to go off mm. of Vivi. They didn't. And I don't think they did for bubble. Yeah, they did. I don't think, I don't think they manga. did for bubble either. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, you know, I, I think of myself you really as, like you wit. I know. You like I, I think so of myself as them. being a studio wit fan <laughs> based on the strength mm-hmm. of Attack on Titan and Vinland Saga. So I, I just don't want to be like, oh, Studio Wit like doesn't know how to write a story. They only made the two best stories in anime in the last like ten years, you know. But they didn't make them. I know, but still, like, they, I want to give them some fucking credit. You know? <laughs> they are. I will give them credit. They animate everything very well. Everything like. I wouldn't have continued watching Vivi if it if it also looked terrible. Like mm. I wouldn't have continued watching Bubble if it also looked terrible. Because yeah. like at that point, like what's what what's the goal here? <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they makes me wonder. Like, all right, so Netflix is just throwing out as much content as possible. So I wonder, like, how they came to this you know, concepts or like, did, did, did they have this concept prior and they wanted to pitch it to Netflix? Did Netflix come to them and say, you know, let's make, let's make a really big film and hope it sticks, you know, like, and, and let's, you know, let's, let's use, uh, like Shinkai and, uh, 
um, you know, anything Ghibli, Ghibli, you know, like let's do our own version of those movies. Mm. And then I felt like Ponyo meets Weathering With You mm-hmm. meets Attack on Titan. I don't know. Like, let's just grab the best of, of the anime world at the moment. Right. Yeah. Try to make something cohesive. That's- Which I think it was cohesive, but it just didn't land like, no pun it, intended. It definitely <laughs> captures a vibe. It definitely yeah. gives you a vibe. Like if you wanted like a po- post-apocalyptic world, but like also fun, fun like bubble frilly uh, aesthetic, like right there, there you go. That's your vibe. <laughs> well, I, you yeah. know, I this did not feel to me like a case of too many chefs in the kitchen, you know, because I, I, I personally, I think that having too many chefs in the kitchen, or, or that is to say too many creative voices all drowning each other out is one of the like most, most common problems. One of one of the like most fundamental problems and biggest risks of, of making art, making, you know, media. Uh, I think about this with bands all the time, you know, that if, if you have too many people weighing in on the songs that you're writing or the direction of the band, then you kind of start to lose your vision, you know, your vision gets muddled and cloudy. And it's like, what are you really trying to accomplish? What are you really trying to do? Um, I did not get that sense in bubble because it, it was clear to me what bubble was trying to do and, and what kind of uh, movie it was looking to be. It's not that like it, it's vision was cloudy to me at all. It didn't feel like it was spread in too many directions in comparison to something like bell and I get that Bell was not a case of too many cooks in the kitchen, but Bell felt like it was trying to accomplish a lot, but it wasn't able to actually do any of it well because it was so spread out. Bubble wasn't so spread out. It was clear what it was trying to do. It just didn't do it very well. And I, well, what, what could have been done to make Bubble better, I think if you had more uh, world-building and stronger character writing then that would have helped yeah it's like um when you're in school and learning how to paint and you are working on like a still life or something and you've gotten down like your perspective and your form and your color but then like when you are looking at it something like just feels flat and it's just because you've been thinking about form and color and perspective, mm-hmm. but you're forgetting about like something really like minute that you would normally like remember. It would just tie the painting together, like uh, like a reflective, um, like a reflective shadow, mm-hmm. and like that'll like actually bring everything together. I feel like Bubble is the same way, where like you have like great music, you have great animation, you have um, really dynamic shots, and you it just like there's just that one thing that like is is missing that would have tied it all together. Yeah, which to me was the sci-fi element that didn't tie it together. Like why why yeah. the bubbles? And like why the center of Tokyo, like what's happening outside of Tokyo, mm-hmm. you know, what's the explanation for these, for the, for this phenomena happening. And maybe it doesn't really like a pure explanation, but like just something to ground it. And so it's, you know, 
to your point, like, is it a love story first? Is it a parkour mm -hmm. story or is it a mm -hmm. science fiction, like a post-apocalyptic movie? Mm -hmm. I would prefer the latter <laughs> <laughs> with like, you know, real danger, real, real sense mm -hmm. of, of, of struggle. Well, yeah, well, that's and, true. There, there definitely was not much of a sense of, of struggle or sense of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, for, um, like consequence, but not consequence. Well, anyway, it didn't have it. Call it. <laughs> right. Um, so, but I, I think that it, it was a sci like, I think it's a love story in the, in the sci-fi element is just why, you know, what the sci-fi element is, is purely an explanation as to why bubble girl comes, why bubble girl goes and, you know, why bubble girl is no longer there anymore. <laughs> oh, bubble girl. Bubble girl. Did you guys like Hibiki's and Uta's relationship? Do you think it it was like solidified? And did you feel like conviction? Like like there literally were no love. Like there was so much attachment no. and love. Yeah, no, literally no. Really, and you know why? I think it's because uh, Uta was a part of Hibiki, so it was almost like Hibiki was in love with himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was. I understood what they were going for, and I, I don't think it was bad, but it it was not conveyed with with the right. Uh, yeah, it just just didn't really hit very well. It's like it's like they did all the things, and and they were like, yeah, we did the things, but like we didn't like push it far enough. They didn't go. F far enough into the love story or the sci-fi element instead we just get these really bland like oh in tokyo lab three years ago tokyo blah, 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 on the news and i'm like okay guys like I, I don't need an exact explanation of the bubbles but like in in a more interesting way you could have presented this information instead of literally a news announcement yeah well can we <laughs> like, can we review the 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 bubbles and and the love angle of those or is that too spoilery hmm mm. it's well i'm trying I to guess you, <laughs> yeah i mean you can do it and not like spoil it but i think you want to get into the minute details why don't we just get into spoiler territory all right spoiler alert Spoiler alert. So if you haven't watched Bubble, uh, stop now. Stop listening now. Go watch it if you want to. I don't know if we've given you the best <laughs> the best go ahead for that one yet. Um, but it is very beautiful. Um, and it was not, it didn't waste my time. I felt like it was good enough. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> I give it a good enough out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as I anyway. can tell the 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 bubble so the bubbles are aliens they come and this this child with audio sensory overload disorder finds the only pleasant sound in the world that he's ever experienced seemingly is the sound of one singular bubble amongst mm -hmm. all these alien bubbles and then mm -hmm this one bubble comes and makes contact with them. And that angers the greater 
bubble Bubbles. consciousness. Plural. Yeah. And then, you know, the bubble turns into bubble girl to go seek out the one human that seemed to understand the bubble. And then mm-hmm. the greater bubble consciousness is angry about this connection and says, no, you have to return to the greater bubble consciousness. Don't, uh, don't try to be a human, but come back to mm-hmm. the bubble world. So what and, Dan is describing is also the little mermaid. <laughs> yeah, but yes, well, it <laughs> it's very literal in that it's literally the little mermaid. Yeah. The book, not the Disney. I was going to say the Disney I, movie was off of the book. Right. Okay. I was going to say, what is it? Hans, Hans Christian Anderson. I think well, it could be one of those. One of I didn't those. quite remember the little mermaid movie being exactly like that, but yeah, I guess. Yeah. It must be like the book. But I, part of what I, I found bizarre about this was just the idea that, like, you know, these bubbles are apparently falling all over the world. And, you know, it's only this one Japanese kid with this medical condition is like the only one that is able to communicate with the bubbles. And I, in some ways, there's like a, an element of, of romanticism to that. And, and like, yeah, that's cool. You know, I get that. Uh, but in the L in, in the, in the moment, it didn't feel romantic. It just felt like weird. Well, I feel like if they would have explained where the bubbles come from, like what exactly the bubbles are, it wouldn't have been as like weird because like, yeah, when you're, when you say it out loud, it's like, oh, this one bubble has consciousness and all the other bubbles seemingly don't have consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah, it's just kind of weird. Well, also, <laughs> I want to know why the fuck Tokyo in water? Yeah, I thought it was uh, some maybe some sort of climate change. Uh, oh, because of the bubble? reference, maybe. But but then I said the same thing about weathering with you, and they and they totally he could totally, he could have totally capitalized on that side, mm-hmm. but did not. <laughs> Wait, what, 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 what do you mean about weathering with you? Oh, shit. I think there was a, I feel like they were kind of hinting at global warming and it's like this sense of like flooding yeah. in, mm-hmm. in the world, but um, it wasn't, that wasn't the center focus. It was more like uh, about the love yeah, interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, which is fine. I'm just saying like, that could have been a really cool angle. They could have, mm. could have. Yeah. Okay. Targeted, yeah. Yeah, and then like the bubble around Tokyo, like would have helped with the global warming or some shit like that. I've been like the only spot where you can only where you can get the global warming cure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, they 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 tell you that the science of the bubble is very interesting and bizarre, and lots of people study it, but they don't really show what exactly so interesting about it, other than like yeah. oh, the landscape's funky and people bounce off of bubbles and there's like big pink whirlpools that you die if you fall into, but then at a different point characters fall into it and they don't die. Yeah. The antlion and they call them antlion traps. What the fuck? Ew. What? You couldn't think of anything different. Anything. Literally anything else. There were lots of little things about this. That was like, like for example, they, when the, when the blaze blues battle, the, uh, undertakers and I don't understand why the undertakers seem to have two names like they were the undertakers but then they were also the morticians or something like that like they they their names were used interchangeably in a way that I found confusing and 
I find um I feel like they just uh they used their um their uploading, their streaming, their and their sponsorship stuff very like loosely. Yeah. Well I was I was confused when they battled when Blaze Blues battled the Undertakers. Blaze Blues had six people on their team, even though it's supposed to be teams of five. And mm. I guess you could tell by <laughs> by the area, yeah, but kind of by by what was on screen that the the tall the big guy on Blaze Blue didn't uh, didn't participate in the match, but they never say this on screen. Like there's six people standing at the starting point, and then five of them run, and one guy just doesn't run. I guess like <laughs> what well, they have an extra person on their team. Why is this never addressed? And then after mm. the match, the guy with the headband goes, Oh, we all survived this match without a scratch. And I was like, did you not notice that bubble girls literally missing an arm now? Like, how could you say that these <laughs> guys survived without a TV scratch? TV one of your teammates only has scratched. one fucking arm. He's only got one arm that like, <laughs> do you think they just like she hides are it. wobbling she the hides shirt it. sleeve around all willy nilly for, <laughs> some reason he's missing well, a fucking arm well he literally gets scratched yeah that too so, he's got a fucking like, scratch on his face <laughs> maybe uta doesn't it. count because uta is hibiki yeah it's one and the same it's just it boggled my mind when he was like oh we made it through like safe and sound without a scratch and it was like you're literally like there's a person on your team literally missing an arm like, how could you fucking say that? What the hell? Did you just, like, miss the fact that someone no longer, like, if I showed up without an arm, like, you guys would notice, you know? <laughs> it's true. We would notice. You'd be like, what the hell happened to your arm? But nobody thinks to ask Bubble Girl, like, my good lord, you're missing an arm. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I didn't understand yeah. when the Undertakers stole, they kidnapped the scientist woman and was like, all right, this is this is now the, uh, the, the prize. The quote unquote scientist woman. Yeah. Who's, all she does is look at a computer and drink beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And, and hover around uh, Hibiki for some reason. I don't mm-hmm. I don't get that. Um, but yeah, the Undertakers kidnapper. And what was, yeah, what was confusing to me is like, it's everyone acknowledges like, oh, that was so terrible and like and frightening. And how could they do this? This is so inappropriate. But they have an authority figure, which is who, who is the uh, the older ex parkour guy with the, oh, with yeah, the what's his name? I really like with him. the leg. Yeah, I don't remember his name either, but he's, he's got yeah, the, the guy with the, the guy with the with leg the headband. With the hair, with the hair, the hair back, right? Yeah, with the with hair the back. Yeah, and he has a prosthetic yeah. leg. Yeah, that's Shin. Yeah, that's Shin. 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 Yeah. yeah. So Shin is supposed to be an authority figure. He's the one that that you know he fires the gun. He declares the winners and losers. He is a you know seemingly the the official uh, like judge. You know mm-hmm. the referee, and he doesn't do anything about his companion getting kidnapped, you know, like he is seemingly in a position to be like, no, that is like inappropriate. And you can't just kidnap somebody like this. Like if you kidnap someone like this, we're not going to let you play parkour with everybody else. 
you know, but he is, is what, like just totally fine with this. He doesn't exert any of the authority that he seems to have. I was like, well, he does say later they play at their own risk. So the risk is some lady might get kidnapped and you might have to fire parkour her way back into. <laughs> yeah. And also just, just the whole concept of like, Oh, you know, there's these like, you know, little gangs of men, young men that all live in Tokyo and they play parkour with each other to compete for resources. It's like, yeah, that's some real anime logic, man. And this is cool and all, but like, there ain't no fucking way that's happening in real life. Well, it could have been cooler if they were explaining, if they explained the prem, like the premise of them being inside of the bubble more. Yeah. Other than that they were orphans. They're yeah. just orphans. Like, okay, well, yeah, we're going like, to spend all our energy. Yeah. Park, parkouring. <laughs> like if they were like, if they would like go out of the bubble to get resources and then had to come back in and parkour for the resources that they've sourced, you know, yeah, that would be explainable. But yeah, I just didn't like, you know, and it's like, okay, like we're going to parkour. And if I can out parkour you, I'm going to take all of your bread. And what these guys are just like, oh, you love you bounced off this bubble better than I did. Here's all my bread. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would much so, rather have seen like a water world or like Mad Max. Yeah. Style yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thing. Mm. Yeah. Where people are really like the oil is their last resource or whatever it may be, whatever it, it could mm-hmm. be oil or food, but like make it to make the stakes a little higher stakes. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Stakes. Stakes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Stakes. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. And maybe it's just because I'm watching the walking dead right now where there's a lot of emphasis on scavenging for resources and, and battling between groups nav- you know, like negotiating over resources, but you know, presumably all these little, you know, all these young men, are bouncing around Tokyo scavenging for resources and they what have, have all just collectively decided to parkour over them without any overarching authority figure except Shin, but Shin actually does relatively little to exert authority over them. They can still <laughs> just kidnap and brute force and, and attack each other all willy nilly without repercussion. They just choose not to do this. Hmm. I guess I didn't think about that part that hard. I was like, oh, they're in the world. They're parkour. That's how they do it. Okay, let's go, I guess. Yeah. yeah I, uh, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that this is kind of like a negative Nancy complaint about in, in the world of anime. Like, oh, this anime is just not realistic to how society actually is. You know, like, well, yeah, I know, man. Also, like, Tenjin Tapagurin Lagan is, like, not really directly analogous to how human beings actually behave either, you know. But, it, uh, you know, that it's more like Bubble did not do enough to emotionally capture me and sell me on its worldview that I'm still sitting mm-hmm. here having these, like, logical type of... of um, critiques of it you know mm-hmm. i'm finding mm-hmm. uh, the, i'm finding flaws in the logic because the emotion was not enough to carry me beyond logic it is true that is true mm-hmm. yeah and the like the climax of the movie it was like i, I like to think of this as like a long music video yeah 
and, mm-hmm. and, and that it's purely visual and like the climax is not that important. <laughs> the fact yeah. other than just like, all right, the world seems to be saved. Like the, the bubble is seemed to disappear or at least in the center of Tokyo. And now they're reconstructing Tokyo. Uh, but, and they still parkour. They still parkour. They never gave up the parkour lifestyle. Parkour or die. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Apparently. I mean, the coolest parts were then were in the very beginning where we're seeing like the old like rusted animate signs and like the made um, made dreaming cafe signs that are all like in this like post apocalyptic like Tokyo wasteland underwater. Like that's the coolest part to me. I'm like, oh shit, look, that's a maid. You know, <laughs> you know, like trying to pick out and see which uh, which uh, companies I've I've seen before mm-hmm. that are now ruined by these bubbles. <laughs> but yeah, the. I agree with Jeff. It's not the ending feels like you're not supposed to really take anything from it, except for that the the bubbles are now gone (laughs) and we had to have some kind of sci fi element that changes the way molecules are made for the second bubbling to happen. And then to (laughs) for for (laughs) Hibiki and Uta to be like, oh, let's rejoin as one and and find ourselves (laughs) again. Like, mm-hmm. and I, a little. I would, I would have taken a parkour anime over the mix of other elements that we've talked about. Just like yeah. straight up parkour anime. Yeah, surviving. Well, it was. It was giving me very much Skate the Infinity vibes. I don't know if I think I think Jeff's seen a couple episodes. I didn't watch it. I, yeah. yeah. Um, it was very much Skate the Infinity, but like parkour version. Um, I would have taken a Skate the Infinity movie, but like parkour version. That would have been awesome. Mm. Just to watch people battling like through parkour uh, across. I mean, like the setting is really cool. So I don't know how they would have explained Tokyo being underwater and the parkour battles happening. Yeah, but. Just make it a weathering with you side story. <laughs> no. <laughs> And it's funny you say that because I didn't really like Skate the Infinity, and I didn't watch enough of it, so I can't I can't uh, knock it too hard. I didn't yeah. like the first episode too much because of mm. the it. To back to our point of like things being realistic, I thought mm. it was going to be more of a realistic take on skate skateboarding, mm. not an alternative you, uh, alternative spin on skating. Mm. It is very much uh, uh, skate is very much just the parkour elements of this movie like every episode every episode there's a this some kind of crazy battle and people Mm. defy the skate rules and um uh i don't want to give away too much but um yeah but it's so it's 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 very much like just the parkour parts of this movie like over the top dramatic like i don't know fight for survival in the <laughs> skate world but final thoughts on the movie anything anything we didn't cover i guess i kind of want to talk about um uta and hibiki's relationship a little bit just because hibiki is actually the main character of this movie um and i kind of feel like they didn't decide that until halfway through <laughs> 
you know, because, you know, we get we it's the movie starts out with parkour and then we get a little bit of backstory of the bubbles and how those came to be. And then we get to see Uta and Hibiki kind of interact with each other um, without knowing each other, really. Um, And then over the course of like, I don't know, a couple days, they are like kind of becoming friends and and kind of understanding each other but they the movie kind of frames it as if they are understanding each other on like this really deep interpersonal level because there's a language barrier like Uta doesn't she's a literal bubble so she doesn't know like English or you know like anything <laughs> yeah that was definitely that a stunting in. part of their relationship yeah yeah and then Hibiki's like trying to teach her things about the world trying you know he gives her her name and um, throughout, like, knowing Uta, Hibiki kind of, like, comes out of his shell a little bit because he feels like he can share things with her um, that he wouldn't normally be able to sh- share with all of the other, like, parkour boys. Um, and we get to see that a little bit. You know, he's, like, kind of antisocial. He doesn't really, like, want to deal with the team element of parkour and stuff like that. He's kind of, like, defiant. And um, Hibiki, or, and Uta is supposed to, you know, be this person that you know he's like confiding in and like getting extremely close to and you know they're not being like super romantic like they can't they, they only kiss like twice in this movie and it's for breathing purposes i feel like <laughs> to breathe underwater but um yeah and then by the end after um uta kind of like goes back to her little bubble colony and her sister bubble is like you can't you can't be uh, a human anymore and she's like no but i want to and like goes to save hibiki and then hibiki tries to save uta um hibiki realizes that you know he is only himself now that he's met this person and mm-hmm. i'm like all of this is just falling a little bit flat because there wasn't any you get to see them like interact with each other but you don't really like feel the connection between them yeah through the yeah. storytelling like they could have i don't know i it's like they're they didn't show or tell. Yeah, I mean, Hibiki just kind of starts talking and, you know, gives his backstory to Uta and then says, oh, you know, I've never told anybody this much about myself. And Uta's just sitting there like... Dope. Er, <laughs> I, I bubble. can't understand you. Yeah, it's, yeah like... <laughs> oh, my God, I am if bubble. she said bubble... <laughs> I am bubble, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it, uh, yeah, Uta was not a charismatic uh, partner at all. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Very, very well-crafted character design, like very clownish, which is what she was, what they had, had like <laughs> her role clown. in it. Yeah. yeah literally. <laughs> <laughs> she reminded me, she reminded me of a, of a magical girl idol. Sure. Character. Sure. Mm. And I, I, I liked Hibiki's growth. Uh, I like when he lost his noise canceling headphones and that, mm-hmm. you know, it was a good visual metaphor for like, Oh, truly he's grown into a more confident person, better adjusted, but they person. never addressed that. Oh, that he just, he literally, like he literally, so there are two times when his headphones get stolen, one by the girl that gets kidnapped and two by Uta. And then they fall off during their, um, their parkour battle, Uta's first parkour battle. And then they literally never say anything about it. 
you just see them fall off and you're like, oh, so he doesn't have sensory auditory overload anymore? Like, oh, well, uh, yeah, that is true. It is kind of weird that, okay. that nobody ever comments about that. I mean, I understood. It's the, a core. It's it's like a core theme in this movie. Yeah. And then you just like don't That's say true. anything about it. I mean, I, I, I understood the visual metaphor of what they were going for. Yeah. But it is true that, oh, yeah. that it's weird no other character would comment like, oh, where are your you know, noise canceling headphones and Hibiki's not like, Oh, guess I don't need them anymore. Yeah. I found myself. I'm a well-adjusted guy now. (laughs) I met, I met a bubble. I'm well-adjusted now. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say that in a therapy meeting. (laughs) Took a bubble Uh, bath. I'm good now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the character Kai was, this is my only, my biggest gripe with characters is a Kai character who is, seems to be very jealous of Hibiki. Mm. Yeah. For Headband no obvious guy. reason. Yeah. Headband guy. Yeah. Yeah. Why would Bubble even like him? Ew. <laughs> like, are you secretly in love with uh, Hibiki? Uh, no, he, who knows? Headband guy wanted to get with Scientist Woman. Ah, with Makoto. Yeah, but he was really, um, he was real jealous of Bubble. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. They just needed a character that was just They needed a Bakugo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, I was also, like, kind of less enthused about our guy Seth when he comes and saves the day at the climax. And... You know, there's a point where... Who? You mean Shin? Shin, Shin. sorry, Shin. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, when Shin comes and saves the day, and there was, there was things about that that were good. I I suppose it did not... You know, he, he gets on the stage, and you know, at, at earlier in the movie, they discuss, like, oh, Shin, are you ever going to parkour it again? And he says, no, because of my prosthetic leg. I don't think I can. Then in the climax, he gets up on there and he is like, all right, I'll show you how to parkour to get to the other side. And then he parkours. And I didn't really understand, like. Why he couldn't parkour? Because he's doing it pretty flawlessly. Yeah, but it, I guess it it was a little bit of that. I would that, like to but, say something about that anime. But also a little bit of like what. He was because he, he he tells Hibiki, oh, it's very difficult to get to the other side of this. Let me, I'll I'll show you how to parkour it. And he has a cool parkour sequence, but his sequence is just like he runs across a building in a straight line and just like dodges things. And then he's like, all right, come on. And it's like, I don't know. You could just like if you got to get from point A to point B, and the you know like what your big secret is to run in a straight line. Like our guy could have figured that out, you know. Mm. Like I, well, I didn't. I didn't really like. I thought his his part. The I didn't even think about where they were parkouring to because the world is the the things that are falling and like getting destroyed are so like I can't even like picture where they are in relation to the characters. But I wanted to say that the um, animation of Shin doing parkour was kind of like a little um, like stilted because of his uh, 
because of his prosthetic, which is like all metal. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they animated him parkouring with a metal leg extremely well. Like I feel like very extremely realistically. Extremely well. I agree. Very, because you could see you could see his limp in in the animation. His like kind of mm-hmm. yeah, as you say, stilted yeah. run. And like he would really when he would land on his prosthetic, he would his body would pull a little bit faster and like hit a little bit harder. Yeah. Very, very stunning. Yeah. Like very, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. They must have used a lot of uh, references in terms of like parkour uh, modeling, you know. Yeah. uh, Mm. They must have been like, all right, new guy, we're cutting off your leg. We need an example here. (laughs) (laughs) No, they were just, they just watched Skyscraper with uh, The Rock. Oh, okay. (laughs) But yeah, I I noticed that too, Amelia. Even, even as, I don't have the eye for animation that you two do, but it stood out even to me that like, wow, this, uh, I can see mm-hmm. the difference in his parkour compared to everyone else's. And that that's a mm-hmm. great technical work. Um, any, anyone else, uh, think, uh, Hibiki's character design was a little bit weird. Then uh, I guess I thought the, the, the shoes were weirder when they all started wearing high heels. Mm. Oh, I like the I like the shoes. I was like, oh, let me get some of these. Let me get a pair of these. Um, but like his, uh, um, it felt like his body was very feminine and small and petite. But then as soon as you got to his neck, his neck was like half of the width of his body, and like his head was. Huge. I, mean, I was just like his tiny feet, and I'm like, maybe you know, like they have to animate the 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 like beams that they're like balancing on. But then like, I don't know. In some, in some of his scenes, he looks very like manly and muscular, but then in a lot of his scenes, you know, the crop top doesn't help, but he's like, he seems more feminine. And I'm just like, what's going on Hmm. here? I've, I've been thinking about that as I watch Nana to give everybody a sneak peek of what we're discussing later in the summer. And Mm. Nana so thoroughly, I don't know why I didn't, this didn't really stand out to me in previous times I've watched it, but the the character design is so much the the female fantasy, as it were, where like every guy is monstrously <laughs> tall and and like just you know very like skinny and lean, and all of them mm-hmm. have got to be like six foot six, and every woman is like five foot four and under. You know, and it's just like oh my god, <laughs> these tall ass motherfuckers. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I, I picked up on that on that design trait too, but I think it's also part of his legs. How there he's wearing like like jogging biker shorts with that mm-hmm. large or fluffy hoodie, mm-hmm. and then the crop top at his belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks big on top and then small on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. I'll have to screenshot it. I'll have to like take a picture of the of the moment where I was like, "What the heck? What the heck's going on here?" <laughs> yeah, but overall, the animation was like pretty pretty spot on. Like there wasn't any. It, it you know when something's good when you don't have any complaints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know? it's hard. Li- like there's nothing that I can even say about the animation. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it was just so good and so stellar. Mm-hmm. No critiques. I love how many colors are in everything. I love mm-hmm. the um, the like uh, sun glares that also reflect the same colors back onto um, like Hibiki's hair and Uta's hair. Man, Uta's 
close up of her eyes in some scenes, I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. I could get lost in those girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, have so you ever gorgeous. seen the way light reflects in a bubble when it's floating around? Mm-hmm. Closing thoughts for me, I, I I say go watch this if you like animation in general. <laughs> I don't think you have to be an anime fan, so mm-hmm. I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. But I agree uh, with that. Yeah, my final thought: go watch, sing a bit of harmony. <coughs> Instead, mm. <laughs> okay. anime movie of the no. year, right, right here, right there. You know. Fuck Bell, Bubble, eh. Sing a bit of harmony. That's the movie of the year. Oh shit! Mm. Okay, well I'm gonna go watch it right now. I have to add. Well, instead instead of watching this, you could watch the Watch Ponyo, which or, I was, not my favorite movie of of Ghibli, but it's comparable. Mm. Or but, Lou over the wall. Uh, Yuasa. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, our guy, mm-hmm. our guy Yuasa. So, mm-hmm. and that one's also on Netflix. Just saying. We could watch that one instead. I think I think Bubble was a fun time. Uh, I love the parkour. I love seeing Tokyo in ruins. I love seeing uh, anime <laughs> advertisements in ruins. Um, amazing animation. Uh, falls a little flat on the story, but if you love the Little Mermaid, there you go. It's okay. <laughs> It's funny because Little yeah. Mermaid is like my favorite uh, Disney movie, but I don't, I don't know if I really liked it in this. Yeah, I think this suffers from, I wonder if it suffers from the fact that we didn't see it in theater. Because I think Belle was a fantastic thing to see in theaters, mm. fantastic film to see in theaters. But if I watched it on TV at home, I don't know if I would have mm-hmm. felt nearly as emotionally impacted by it mm-hmm. so I'd have to agree yeah it's on Netflix go watch it let us know Check what you out. think yes hop in our discord tell us what you think and also don't forget to take our 40 years of anime theme music survey you can find links to that in our discord server and on our website and uh, thanks for coming along on our bubble ride <laughs> yeah sorry to burst the bubble on this oh shit <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we didn't have a bubble of a good time. <laughs> okay, we're done being icky. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Alright, we'll see you later, guys. Peace. Oh, it's got it.